Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. Nurse Heather brings her eternal optimism and professional expertise to the stories of the day, discussing current topics and events, making life's lemons into sweet lemonade, and sharing a tall glass with guests, friends, and her listeners. CannabisRadio.com is happy to present Good News with Nurse Heather, the show infused with compassion and love. From high atop Mount Soldan, beautiful San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning, beautiful listeners. This is Good News with Nurse Heather and your trusty sidekick, Canna Kenny. Good morning, Nurse Heather. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kenny. I'm so happy that we were able to actually make it on this show today. We've had a series of technical difficulties, and I'm very, very grateful to even be here with you. I was missing you. I was missing you too, Nurse Heather. What's new in the world of cannabis therapeutics? Oh, just, you know, trying to make good things happen in the world, Canna Kenny, helping other people get started in their businesses and empowering others. Again, we've already spoke about the Women Grow event. I'm still high from that, by the way. It was such a great event. But yeah, just trying to make every day be better than the next. That's my goal. How about yourself? Everything's good, Nurse Heather. Our beautiful listeners should know that we've had a good following from our Canadian listeners. And so I want to big, do, do a big shout out to them. Hey. Hey. Hey, Canada. <laughs> I, hey, I think, Nurse Heather, I could actually, I think I could perform that Canadian national anthem that was some difficulty recently uh, at a major event up there, but maybe our guests will have to decide on whether or not I can do O Canada better. Well, I think we should have a competition um, about that because our guest today is from Canada, and why don't why don't you introduce our guest for us, Kenny? Oh, our guest is a absolutely lovely person who we had the great chance to meet at the Women Grow event in Denver. It is none other than Renee Melody Gagnon, who is a parent, partner, and trans woman from Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. She spent 20 years in the technology industry before becoming one of the world's first federally approved licenses for medical marijuana production in whole Canada. We are so excited to have you. I just have to say, you're very vibrant. So welcome to the show. Tell us some good news. Thank you very much. No, it's lovely to be here. I'm, as you were saying earlier, I'm still on a high from the Women Grow event. It was probably one of the best networking conferences that I've ever been to, regardless of industry. The focus was just absolutely electric once second day rolled around and the positive change in the women was just magnificent. By Friday, people were forming alliances and coming up with new ideas and reaching out and connecting and it was just amazing to watch. Well, you just said that it was electric and you actually and I both were asked to present lightning talks during the Women Grow Mm conference. And yours was one that I got to sit about five rolls back and watch the entire thing. And it was electric. My favorite thing that you said, Renee, was you said, Mm. let's talk while we walk. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit what you mean by that? Well, it's funny. I've I've been around this industry since I was a teenager. We had moved out from a prairie town. So sort of like Montana, but our version called Alberta. 
And we wound up just by coincidence relocating in the heart of sort of what would be hippie central out here. A lot of folks in the early 70s mysteriously moved up from the United States for some reason and set up shop. And they brought with them this plant. And once I encountered it, it was like, oh, okay, this is different. And the, the joy of it was spending 30 years trying to figure out a way of being involved in it while still sort of staying on the right side of the law. And what became sort of really apparent was that everybody wanted to have these endless, perpetual talks about who was right. And the plant doesn't have a right and, you know, doesn't care who's doing what and whatnot. It provides itself. And all the talking, all it ever seemed to do was just stall us. And the more that we involve more people to give their opinions, the, the longer any action sort of took. And right now, we this isn't like inventing an iPod where you go, oh, are there people really wanting to buy this silly thing? People have wanted this product since they first discovered it. We have a system built into our body that uses it. And all we've done is just put these strange barriers in the way between it for all sorts of reasons. And I just... I got tired and frustrated by this strange need to always turn it into a debate rather than it exists. How do we manage it? How do we make it more available? How do we take care of the things that the people are worried about it while at the same time allowing this industry to thrive and flourish at a time where our economy desperately needs it? Yes. So so how did... How did you make them transition from what you were doing before into the cannabis sector, and what are you doing? Oh, it's it's really kind of funny is that I've always sort of kept my finger in cannabis, and the problem was is that I knew there was a holy grail moment sometime in the future where the government would make an offer, but it would be done under some preposterous um, set of circumstances and conditions that you would have to be just one shade from Jesus to make it through the door. And so I spent most of my life just building a sort of a very wide background and a lot of things. I had a lot of jobs. I was a very shiftless young person before I discovered technology. And so I'd, I'd worked in a lot of different jobs, which included security at big facilities. I had done a bunch of different things. And when the opportunity came up to write a proposal for when the government was first looking at the sort of the opportunities, I had an opportunity on their desk four hours after they put out the call. And it was something where my life had been leading towards the moment. And so even in software, I'd been toying with ideas on how to grow plants in a more software-focused way. Because when you're talking about producing product in a way that's predictable and scalable, you need to remove some of the nature and a little bit more of the production cycle and try to do it in a way that doesn't interfere with the magic of the plant. It's actually you're trying to help it. You're trying to make the most beneficial environments. You're trying to grow it in the the best way for the plant because when it's at its optimum and its happiness, it gives you everything that you want. And I thought that there were systems and ways to do it. So when I got my license, it wasn't to just simply grow marijuana and sell it to people. It was actually to look at the bigger picture and say, okay, if this is going to be a serious industry, 
how do we take care of all the different stakeholder groups from patients who are viewing this as a life-saving medication and the complication that comes into it when you have investment in companies through small craft growers and people that just want to grow a little bit and sell it into a marketplace somewhere, the dispensaries, which are the patient centers and the collection point, the physicians and the medical community that are struggling to try and understand how to make use of this new tool in their toolbox and overcome a legacy of prohibition. And when it all came down to it, I saw exclusion being the problem, not inclusion. The solution for our industry was inclusion and diversity. We need more people involved. That creates the supply chain. We need more people involved. That means it's fair. And you see more society represented. It doesn't work when you have product companies that don't resemble their consumers. So I approach this from a very capitalist point of view from my logic, but I want to approach it from a much more holistic view as a system. The spirit of the plant indeed. I was just about to say cannabis lends itself to inclusion because cannabis does not exclude anyone. We we all have endocannabinoid systems. Absolutely. Including animals. (laughs) Absolutely. One of those things that I discovered was is that when I when I went on stage, there were a couple of things that happened by accident. By being trans and in this community, I've pushed a boundary that I didn't know existed for other members of the community. And it's very important that we recognize that cannabis is in the closet too. And a lot of the stigma around it is shame-based and guilt-based and you're a second-class citizen, a whole range of things which are very familiar within the LGBT community. And what I found interesting was is that an industry that, that excludes some of the smartest and brightest people isn't a very good industry. And where I come from, cannabis is one of the most inclusive industries And it's one of the first places that when I encountered people, I was fairly well welcomed. Where I found the breakdown was, was again, along traditional lines. And Women Grow represented an opportunity to reset the paradigm rather than trying to force a way into an industry and force people to make acceptance. You're creating an industry. You can choose how it's configured in the beginning as long as you start with a more people rule and a all people. It's all about love, showing our love, showing our love to each other. Kenny, I think it's about time to show some love to our sponsors before we have our O Canada competition. Or maybe it'll just be a duet. Your wish is my command. Beautiful listeners, we'll be right back after the short break with our beautiful guest, Renee Gagnon, and we will see you right around the bend. Good News with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Dr. 
Dr. Dauber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dauber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back. Good news with Nurse Heather and our very special guest, Rene Gagnon, and she is from beautiful Victoria, Canada, was telling us about her presentation at the recent Wither Grow Conference in Denver, and we're looking forward to hearing some more. Right, Nurse Heather? Absolutely. Kenna Kenny, I've, I love how Renee's been talking about inclusion and acceptance within the cannabis industry because this plant itself is such a compassionate, loving plant and shares something with all humans and all mammals, the endocannabinoid system. And she was talking to us a little bit about talk while we walk. And so I would like us to walk right into what we were discussing a little bit earlier, Kenny this singing of the national anthem of O Canada. So I, I can't get too far ahead until we get to that point because our listeners Canada, are waiting to. <laughs> our home and native Go land. You, How you is started. That? Is that okay? Yeah, but yeah, I want Renee fine. to sing it with you. So can we do it on a one, oh, two, no. three? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no Canada. Canada. Our home and native land, and to pay love in all our people's command. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. I, I must say, that I love their national anthem. I love everything about Canada, and especially our guest Renee. And I, I kind of wanted to give a little background to our our listeners out there because so many things have happened recently. We talk about a federal license. We know that it's been a federally approved since about 2002, if I'm not mistaken, and that there are now at least, I think, a couple of dozen federal licenses available. But they have some curious aspects to them. And we also know that there's been a recent election of a new prime minister, 
the son of a former prime minister and a very progressive man at that. And Renee, maybe you can fill us in. How does the program work and what do you see in the future under uh, Prime Minister Trudeau? Yeah, we started um, quite a while back with the first program called MMAR, and it was the Access to Medical Marijuana Access Regulations. And what it spawned was about 3,000 patients that were allowed to self-grow. And after a while, it evolved because of some court challenges into where they could hire a designated grower for them. If they weren't growers, couldn't grow, or just it was not part of their illness as far as mobility goes. So they expanded the program. And this program worked for about 10 years As far as the government and the police were concerned, not very good. The problem was that suddenly massive large quantities of incredibly high-grade marijuana started hitting the street from mysterious sources. And it presented sort of a law enforcement problem because it was actually a technological step up in the street weed market. And we didn't have dispensaries at the time. There were very few compassion clubs. It still remains, at this moment, federally illegal without a medical document and from the licensed producer system. The licensed producer system came online in 2013 was the start of it, and by 2014, the first licenses had been issued. There's currently 25 producers. The problem that the program sort of faces is that The average cost to prepare an application and just sort of dance is about $5 million. And the problem behind that, as you can guess, is that it's very anti-democratic. And what it did do is basically separate out corporate interests from the cannabis industry that had existed prior. And there's very little participation. The big corporations hired out the folks that worked in the MMAR program and transferred the knowledge up, but it wasn't at a, uh, what I would call a very democratic method. And what you've got now is sort of a 25 company situation where if you want to obtain medical cannabis, you have to go to your doctor negotiate being able to get them to prepare a medical document, which is about a three to four page document. Then it gets sent to an LP and the LP mail orders you your product. Mail order isn't an ideal solution. It's designed to solve certain geographic issues. So Amazon succeeded because anywhere, anywhere could order anything. Cannabis though, is not really suited to mail order. And so what you've seen is a very market-driven response with the proliferation of close to 300 dispensaries across Canada in the past two years. Hmm. I think we saw 100 of those dispensaries in Vancouver when we were there. Oh, yeah. It's it's peaked out at about 140, and they started a rollback program. The reason they exist in Vancouver and Victoria isn't because of federal law. It's because the cities created sort of protective bubbles that they basically made statements to their police departments that they weren't to cooperate with investigations into the the, uh, dispensaries unless they were, you know, flagrantly nothing more than fronts. And what that did was create an unusual marketplace where proliferation occurred. So... In the city of Victoria, the population of a quarter of a million people, we went from three dispensaries a year and a half ago to probably close to 30 now. 
Yeah, it's staggering. And again, it's illegal, unregulated, unlicensed. But to me, it's an expression of capitalism. The demand is there. The market arises. The entrepreneurs arise. The problem is, is that it's gotten to such a commercial scale and such cash flow, it's turned the dispensaries against the existing system, the existing system against the dispensaries. Everybody's begging the politician to move the other, and it's become an incredibly competitive and angry marketplace that I think doesn't doesn't deserve that kind of attitude. This should be a cooperative, joyful industry where everybody's happy because the demand exceeds the supply. But no, it's been turned on itself, and that's very unfortunate. Wow. Well, the patients themselves, though, at least they have safe access to quality medicine where they can get their medicine or have it shipped to them. What are some of the most astounding benefits that you've seen from medical cannabis patients in Canada? Well, I can talk from personal experience because the problem is is that we're not allowed to market by condition. So, and because we're legal in Canada, we have to operate under pharma promotion rules. So basically, you're allowed to have a website. You're allowed to say that you have product, but you can't show pictures of it. You can't describe it. So you can't say lemon kush, lovely citrus smell, high in this, high in that, good for this, good for that. You're not allowed any of that. So it creates a very sterile marketplace for consumers mm-hmm. to and patients to understand. So patients are having to educate themselves and then come up against this barrier. Personally, what I've seen are astounding things just over the past six months. My partner, Heather, has proctitis, and it's a very, very awful gastrointestinal problem. Conventional therapy involves steroids, and recently we came across the cannabis suppositories, and it was the first thing that did all the healing without the steroids. So that was a major step forward because then we don't have to deal with the secondary you know, follow from that. And then we found that cannabis tincture oil is more soothing than any other treatment out there. And in my, so in our personal life, we've seen it work as a positive. My own mother has diabetic neuropathy. All they could do is give her gabapentin and told her to eat more. I gave her a lovely topical made by an absolutely delightful hippie lady in Duncan who makes this topical that is made out of fair trade source shea butter. And it's the only thing that kills the sheet pain in her legs. One of our business partners, Mm -hmm. uh, mother-in-law, has shingle pain in her face and had been dealing with it for five years nonstop. I gave her a sample of a cosmetic cream that we've been working on that was good THC dose in it rubbed it on her face, first thing that killed the pain outright. I look at these little miracles that this plant is able to provide us, and I want to see more people have access to that. The hows and the the religious war behind it's irrelevant when there's a million little old grandmothers somewhere writhing in pain because of shingles. It's just illogical. Yes, we love cannabis for all of the healing and beautiful positivity that it brings to our lives and allows us to live better quality of life. Kenny, Kenny, let's, let's check out some Heather, of these products that are, you know, we I, need to I show can, some love. 
<laughs> Absolutely. With our regular sponsors who support Good News. Good News with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. Yeah, we're back, beautiful listeners, with... Good news with Nurse Heather and our very special guest today, Renee Gagnon, who is from Victoria, Canada, and has a broad experience in Canada with cannabis, and we're so happy and fortunate to have her with us today, aren't we, Nurse Heather? Absolutely, Kenny. I was loving how Renee was telling us about topicals being used for neuropathy and shingles pain and, you know, suppositories, which you and I, we call... What do we call them, Kenny? Pima? Uh, we sometimes, Renee, please disregard this. We don't mean to be offensive. We sometimes call them pumas, which is pot of my ass. And I call them pimas, or pot, pimas. In, pot in my ass. So, you know, yep, either way enough. you look at it, suppositories are really wonderful. And all joking aside, such amazing results are coming from the use of suppositories for patients that have cancers or gastrointestinal issues or if you Crohn's just disease. absolutely just like you know our friend Colton who I don't know if he's tried the Pimas but maybe we'll have him on the show and ask him next time huh Kenny absolutely Heather. one of the more interesting uses for the suppositories is in male health with prostate cancer it makes perfect sense to put the medicine right up against the source of the initial inflammation and then putting the anti-tumor properties right there. I'm very excited about it. It's one of the most common lethal disease for males, and it's one of those ones that the treatments present their own psychological problems for males, and I think it, it damages their mortality rates. And I think that if we can present 
something that's at least more effective and more comfortable and has a higher likelihood of getting them through the rest of their other treatments and whatnot, I think you're going to have a better outcome, right? Thank you for bringing that up, Renee. You're absolutely right. And again, thank you for speaking about all of these conditions or benefits that you're seeing personally in your life and those that you love. It's always Mm. helpful for our listeners to hear these stories that it might trigger something in them that says, well, I know so-and-so that this might help. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, you're welcome. And I mean, it's tough with our industry because we're caught in a double bind. We're supposed to promote what we do, but there's always a mistrust when someone promotes what they make. And we're sort of caught with the legacy of the shilling of the pharmaceutical industry for so many years and their horror stories and their promises that, you know, we're we're talking about legitimate, actual success with this product, but we're having to overcome other people's legacies. And it's very difficult to, to sort of talk about this in a clinical sense because of all the roadblocks. But I think if we talk about it from the personal success stories of the people that we know it helps, I think it changes the face a lot more. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And let's, uh, let's continue to talk while we walk and move things forward. Renee, do you have any great little nuggets of info that you'd like to leave for our listeners before we, before we let you go to be wonderful in Canada? Oh, absolutely. Well, if the, the thing I would love to share with the, the folks that are getting into the industry and wanting to be involved in it, that cooperate, network, don't be afraid of competition, work with people that you admire and trust and, you know, look at starting your business and your teams with the same eye you would of having a baby with them. And, If, you know, it's somebody that you wouldn't have a baby with, don't have a company with them. (laughs) That's, that's, I've never heard it said Uh, quite that that. way. That was fantastically funny. And thank you, but so true. Sometimes. And our beautiful listeners, Nurse Heather should know what a beautiful woman Renee is. And she metamorphizes to size, if that's a word, like a beautiful butterfly. on Red Denver. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you both today. Thank you for the opportunity to to share some thoughts and ideas and anytime. We love you dearly. Thank you so much for coming on and please come and share more good news with us again. Absolutely. Love to. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't she exceptional? Love her. Thank you. We just can't wait to have you down as our guest sometime in Southern California here at San Diego Way. Oh, would love to. And and also, too, when, when they spin up my show, I want to have you guys on it to talk specifically to... Um, I'm trying to build up a Canadian audience because there's a lot of information on your side of the border that we need to bring up here on the patient side. And also, too, Nurse Heather, involved in my current project is Dr. Hepburn. Dr. Hepburn. Apparently he knows you. He was wise quacks in Canada for a number of years, and he's on a lot of panels. He's at, uh, it's at Patients Out of Time in May. Um, Wonderful. He's speaking on the board there. So I really want to focus on the actual care and practical delivery to patients because we're sort of 
dealing with a, a medical paradigm, but with people that really don't understand what's going on. Well, thank you for joining us, beautiful listeners, for this edition of Good News with Nurse Heather. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google+. We'll see you next show. Take care. Bye-bye. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.